0: This is Alternate Take. I am your host, Danny Rodriguez. Welcome back to the show. On this episode, man, we brought you guys an absolute legend. Like we always do. But this one was particularly fun, man. We brought you one who's in the comedy world and the photography world. Mr. Troy Conrad. Dude, Troy Conrad has been basically the guy when it comes to comedy photography at the comedy store over the last, I don't know, fucking 10, 20 years. And then now he's the guy at the comedy mothership. You know, he's just the guy in general, dude. The dude, if you're anyone in, in comedy, you get your pictures taken by Troy Conrad, then you, you know you're doing something right. And the dude's super humble. Uh, he's very well spoken. We talked about a lot of cool things, man. How he got started, his niche. Um, all that good stuff, man. And he still does comedy to this day. Like, the, you know, he he started when he was young and then kind of went full-time into photography. But now he's back, dude. I see him all the time, dude, at the improv, everywhere, man. He's killing it. Um, But he's just highly, highly respected in the comedy world. I see, like, uh, Tom Segura, Bert Kreischer, Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz, all these guys talk about Troy Conrad all the time, man. And it was great for him to be able to sit down with us and talk with us about his life. So without further ado... I bring to you guys the great, great Troy Conrad. What's up, everybody? This is Alternate Take, man, and we brought you guys a very special guest. We brought you the Mr. Troy Conrad, the legendary comedic photographer. How you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course, man. I, I had to have you on, man. It was uh, It's been crazy in the comedy world over the last, let's say, year two years three years you know it's been nuts and to see the progression to see everyone move to austin basically and to see the whole breakup it's just been nuts man but you've been a part of the whole thing so i I thought it'd be a great great time to get your perspective on all things man
1: yeah i mean uh i guess i have a toe in uh in both la and austin scene right now and it's definitely uh a trip to to see it you know it's a really it's a movement you know it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, definitely. And for those of you guys who don't know, um, Troy's work, you can check it out on Instagram at Troy Conrads, I believe with an S, right?
1: <laughs> My name with an S. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's amazing work, man. You have uh, photos of the best comedians doing their best work. They're consistently shouting you out all the time about how you're the best photographer in the game. And that's incredible, man. it's it's It's, it's something to do it. And it's just like a hobby. It's different when it's being praised by the biggest people in the world and it's there's living proof of what you're doing, man, and it's it's legendary. And you've been a part of it for a long time. I, since how long have you been a part of the comedy store before you even got to the mothership?
1: Uh, I started the uh, comedy store. It was like mostly 2014, probably 2015.
0: Damn, that early! That's crazy. And that's when like I would that's like when the boom was coming back, right? That's when like Joe came back a little bit, somewhere around there.
1: Oh, Joe came back years before that, but I was there for Roast Battle. That's what uh, you know. I I came to my uh my business partner that we work together on shows. Paul Provenza, he goes, hey, you got to come see this show called Roast Battle. It's not. It's so different than what you think it's going to be. It's amazing. So I went and saw it, and I went, oh my god, this is unbelievable. And I looked around. I was like, why is nobody? There's no photos of this because this is. I, I said, this is something really special. I mean, that show started at midnight on Tuesdays and it was sold. So you, you can't do that. You can't have a midnight show on Tuesdays and sell it out. You know, that's a th- th- there's a reason that happened because that show was so special at that the dynamic at that time. So um, it wasn't just people on stage roasting each other. That's for sure. I mean, it was unbelievable. So um, I started coming in just shooting that show. I told Brian Moe, I go, dude, I'm going to come take pictures and send them to you. And he's like, OK, great. So that's how that started. And then and things sort of expanded uh, at the comedy store accidentally. But people liked um, people liked the photos I was taking. Uh, a lot of people did not like that. I was taking photos there in the beginning in the, in the other uh, rooms of the comedy store, because Uh, there was a very strict, no photos by anybody policy. So you couldn't go in there and take photos. But, um, I think because I was shooting roast battle so much, they just sort of let it slide and it worked out really well.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. But I mean, it's just a true test of, I mean, how your character and how bad you want it. I think people see like when someone's really hurt, you know, someone's really putting their best foot forward. They really want to do this thing. I, th- I think the request is it was is always going to be honored. I think if it's like someone's always shown up to your house, you know, hey, I, I want to cut your grass for 10 bucks, you know, and now I got a gardener, but they just keep showing up. You're like, whatever, dude, you can cut it for 10 bucks. Like, it's just like, it's always going to be that human part of us that like wants people to succeed and want to see, especially in a, in a realm of any sort of entertainment when someone's really to put their best, I mean, open mic or same thing, you know, once you go in there and you start doing some sort of good work, everyone's like, dude, this is awesome. And I think that's cool that they gave you the shot for real.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you, you lead by example, you lead by your work. Right. Um, and uh, I think in this business, whether you're doing standup, whether you're doing photography, video, whatever you, you do good work and you step back and you, you let the work speak for itself. And and I think that's how you get your feedback in life. Um, and that's how I guess so a good way to say it is the universe uh, gives you votes, you know, I just mean like you get feedback from people and feedback from the positive and negative from people. And as that happens, you find out what direction you're going in and where you need to correct your mistakes and where you need to shift to.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I know the comics have taken notice because I've heard you on uh Joey Diaz's podcast, I've heard you on Dean Del Rey's podcast, other people's podcasts, and uh they Definitely seem to appreciate it, especially like you're, you know, it's kind of like if you're in football and your trainer who knows everything about training but never played football, it, you're still going to be close to them, but it's not the same. But like you, you've done open mic work, you've done comedy before, so you're getting photography, you know, photos from somebody who knows the game of comedy. You're not getting it from somebody who's just like a random photographer. I think they feel a connection with you, and it's just great. I mean, it adds a huge element to uh to the comedy world. I mean, that people can trust you. You know, um. It's if if paparazzi is taking pictures of you twenty four seven, it's not so comfortable. But if it's someone that you know, it's it's uh gives you a little bit more reason to shine, and I think that's it's awesome.
1: There's a uh, one of the most legendary rock music photographers from the seventies, Jim Marshall, he has a book on. He has a photo book called Trust, just simply called Trust. And the reason for that is because that's the only way you you can do be successful in photography. That's the only way you can do those gigs because you have to have the trust of other people that you're not going to sell them to sell photos to, um, you know, to, to Getty, uh, and you know, you didn't, you didn't set that up up front with the performer. You know, there's all kinds of things people do to cash in. And I think, if or or putting out photos that you like let's say i like it but you know the performer wouldn't like that photo of them um that's how you you build trust by not doing stupid things like that
0: yeah absolutely i, I couldn't agree more i i've experienced it just doing this just doing the podcast to be honest with you like i will always tell people that i interview hey if you need a final copy before i publish it i'll send it your way i want to make sure you like it before it's sent out just because it it does matter it's like a little bit of the uh almost famous movie you know like you think a little kid that's trying to get backstage and and get interviews and and be media for these bands and then you know and then he rubs them the wrong way at some point he's like oh crap like you know i didn't know it's it's good to like at least learn these lessons (laughs) or use those as an inspiration or something i know that was inspiration for me for sure
1: absolutely yeah that's a great example
0: yeah definitely when did you get into photography? Was this always something that you wanted to do professionally or was it just like a hobby and it kind of just took off?
1: Definitely never thought I would ever do it professionally in any way. I started doing it when I was a kid. Uh, my dad had, you know, my dad had real cameras and lenses and uh, got me into it. Um, it was just a hobby. I got when I moved to L.A., I got into film actually before I moved to L.A. when I was in Phoenix, got into filmmaking on a low level uh, video making. And then um, when I moved to L.A., got into filmmaking and made some short films and stuff like that. And, you know, then when I needed photos for for a a particular show that I was producing, that's when I bought a good camera and went, all right, I got to go all in on this. And, and I really sucked at it at first, but once in a while I would get a good shot. And my, my partner, Paul Provenza, he, he would go, Hey man, that's, that's a really cool shot. Like he was saying things to me. I was like, really it is. I, I don't know. I'm, I just need to get, I need photos. So we have publicity stills and stuff like that. And he goes, no, man, he goes, you, you have a good eye. And that's him saying that to me was was a defining moment, but also it taught me how that that term, having a good eye, that's everything in photography. It's not knowing how to use a camera. It's not having the best lenses that money can buy and the best cameras money can buy. And you, you can't teach that to someone really. And you can only teach it a little bit. Having an eye for comedy is sort of innate it's just like stand up in a way you can teach someone to do stand up but you're only going to bring out what's there if you right. don't have if you don't have that 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 comedy that comes from your essence it's never going to work out same with photography if you don't have that eye sure you can you can go to class after class and you can find ways to be better but if it doesn't unravel that within you it's not, you're not going to get the job
0: yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the coolest thing about anything is the um, like that innate, like you said, that innate feeling when that kid who plays shortstop can get a ball that no one else can get and it has nothing to do with training or nothing. It's just that because he halfway to the pitch to home, he already knew where the ball was going to be. He can tell the tendencies from the hitter and he, and he was there when no one else would have been there. Someone else maybe had to die for that ball. He was right in front of it because he knew the ball. And then the coach was like, what is this guy doing? But then he's there and you're like, holy crap, this kid's ahead of me. I think that's the same thing with photography or anything else is like when you have yeah. that innate feeling to where you know what to do in the right moment. It's just it's it's natural. It's like you said, it's just natural as it gets.
1: It's natural. Dude, if Tiffany Haddish was not a stand-up comic, she would still be a stand-up comic. It <laughs> yeah. would just be performing for her friends and family probably every moment she's awake. It's 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 inside her. And there's a you know, million examples of of that, but like she comes she stands out to me a lot just because i've been shooting her a bunch lately and and it's just sort of her essence you know <laughs> she's she's it's inside her it's she was born that way and if you if if you're not honing that this thing that you're born for then you know you find you find what that is you go find what that is
0: yeah absolutely it, that's interesting you bring that up too because i feel like um You're a man of, you're a jack of all trades. So, you know, some people can find one really good thing that they're good at and dive in, like you said, like Tiffany Haddish, where they would have been doing it no matter what. But you've had a lot of things that you've been doing. You've been writer, director, uh, photographer, you've been all over the place. So how was that maneuvering? How how was maneuvering that? Was it confusing for you? Like, which lane do I choose? Did you think you could do all of them at one point? Or um, what was the growing lessons you got doing all of them?
1: Well, I did a lot of years as a stand-up on the road. I was a feature act on the road forever. Um, and then, when all this happened with uh, producing shows, make creating shows, and photography, those all happened all, all at one time around 2011, 20 I don't know, 2010, 2011. When that happened, uh, I had to I, I, something had to give, and so I didn't have time for stand-up anymore because everything else was so full-time. So um, so it was I I hated to leave stand up, but it was literally just a matter of what time do I have? I don't have time to dedicate to writing. I don't even have time to go drop in and do a set. And uh, so I've never had really a con. Other than that, I've never had a conflict with doing a million things at once. I am multitasking is innate for me um and now last year um the guys on the uh, so fluffy that I was on tour with fluffy and the guys Martin and Alfred they dragged me back into stand up they're like hey we want to see you do this so last year I started back in my stand up career and I'm still able to juggle that no problem because I'm not doing as much producing so now I'm just doing photography and stand up and uh there's no problem. As a matter of fact, um last week, let's see, two weeks ago was my first first time as a landmark night. It was my first time being hired to shoot a show and being paid to perform as a stand-up on the same night. And it was at the Irvine Improv. Wow. And it was exciting for me because that was that was uh, that's a goal but also what a great acknowledgement to do both. I I host the show, I get off stage, I'm shooting the show. I go back, bring up the headline. Like it was great.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That's like Deion Sanders stuff, man. It's baseball and football at the same time. And it's, (laughs) man, it really is cool. Um, Are there any similarities to comedy and photography that you see that um, maybe you use your experiences in, in the comedy world? to make you a better photographer? Like, oh, I can take this picture in this angle because I know that that was me upstage and I've been up there a lot of times that this would be the best or anything like that that kind of helped you along the way?
1: Two things. Um, Comedy and photography both deal with lenses, okay? Obviously, photography deals with you're using lenses and you're using different lenses on purpose. But in stand-up, you, it's it's even more important. Like that's who that's why we go to watch standups is because of the lens of that performer. I mean, if you look at the lens that Mitch Hedberg had on his brain, or you look at the lens of of Anthony Jeselnik, or the lens of Fluffy, of Burt Kreischer, all these people, they all have totally different types of lenses that they see the world and that refracts through their brain. And then we, and they spill it out. And so it's still light hitting an image, a picture. In standup, it's a lens that reflects, re- refracts that light. And then you reflect it back out. That's the story. That's the bit. That's the joke. Same thing with, photography so to me they're incredibly similar you know and it's fascinating for me to watch that so like when i see a comic that maybe i haven't seen before i'm look i'm watching what lens they have like what's their point of view you know
0: okay. no definitely I, I couldn't agree more it's it's a uh, it's an interesting skill that they have to be able to um tack into your interests and maybe even insult you and make you laugh at the same time <laughs> it's beautiful yeah it's beautifully done
1: uh- It's, 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 it's really true. Like, like um, lenses are everything. And, um, and, and point of view is everything. And that's why you, I remember hearing this, uh, this term, uh, nobody, let's see, what was it? Nobody cares what you know. Well, this was one, nobody cares what you know, until they know you care. And that has to do with how you, how you connect to an audience. The other one was. no, I don't remember now. I lost my train of thought of what the there was a quote about Oh, comedy is not saying things. It's not about saying funny things, it's about being funny, right? And so I think it's the same with all all the arts. You know, it's it's about it's not about painting by numbers. I've seen people do that in comedy, seen people do it in photography, but that doesn't give you a voice voice comes from inside and it's that goes back to that innate thing that we were talking about you know you'll never see tiffany haddish uh copying someone else so she's you know she's she's a force of nature right right and that comes from within her um so yeah i think that's that's one of the most important things and and that tells you what path you're on if you're if you're Um, if you're painting by numbers and there's not many people, um, that I see doing that, but once in a while you see someone and you go, oh, they're not, they're not following their, their voice and their passion. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can see, especially if it's someone who's close to you, like your friend or something, you know, if they have a passion and you can, maybe they're not putting their foot on the gas and it can kind of, you know, bum you out a little bit for sure. Cause you want, you want to see someone's light come to fruition. You see that all the time taking pictures of people you capture the moments of that i think that's something that was i guess you could say my lens was foggy on for a long time what was was with photography i never gave it really the appreciation until maybe like five six years ago i would say like i started buying more like uh uh books documenting rock stars because you you don't really realize but how much how important that is when you're a kid like i remember getting you know albums and looking inside the covers and seeing the pictures yeah. of these legendary rock bands that I love to this day and, and like staring at them but I not never once when I was young did I ever think like who took this picture I never thought of that until like years ago until like five six years ago when uh, I was like, started getting an interest in it and I was and it blew my mind how foggy that lens was for me that I never gave it any attention or any any respect whatsoever and sure. then you start, yeah and you start diving deep like I you find some legendary photos that you're like wow I like one of the ones that I think that just blows my mind the most is like, and it's not rock and roll related or comedy related whatsoever, but it's just the um the ones where the skyscrapers are getting built in like New York City and those dudes are having lunch up top on that like hanging.
1: Oh.
0: That's the most legendary picture of all time. You're like, this is crazy, man. I didn't you fall I fell in love with photography after that, but it it was crazy that it wasn't like in my face at the time. The lens wasn't clear. It's so weird.
1: Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, I mean, I mean that like Uh, what comes to mind for me that picture Jim Marshall took that photo of Peter Frampton jumping in this I want to say it was in a London arena state London stadium and and it just looks like he's jumping higher than a person like looks like where's the trampoline like he's it looks like he's 20 feet in the air yeah but I always I like I was like wow and then and then the other shot was the one of Lenny Bruce it's i think it's on the cover of the lenny movie it might be the cover of lenny bruce and it's kind of behind it's got the spotlight coming in and that that's what really etched on my brain you know and i see you know now there's a lot of photographers in la and uh there's some really great like when you look at their work and they're they're operating from their own vision you know van corona uh, Liz Vig, Vigiano, um, Liz Vig, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Matt, all these guys, all these guys that are doing great work. Like it's, it's from, it's from them. So you, you, now we're going to have a better body of work of photography, just like rock music had starting in the sixties, you know?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I think when the world's cross like that, it's just, it adds an extra layer. Like, and I'd imagine that's happening for you all the time now because, I mean, some of these guys are some of the biggest influencers in the world. The Tom Seguros, Joe Rogan's Burke Kreischer. And they're consistently saying how awesome your pictures are. And they're talking about you. I can't imagine that's not bringing you work in from all different kinds of areas because, I mean, Joe has the whole MMA community behind his back. I'm sure you got fighters bugging you like, Hey, take pictures of me. I'm sure you got comedians, hey, actors, I need headshots. Like how is that um, praise from all these other comedians who are your friends, you know, number one, they're your friends first. And they're obviously, you know, helping you out in another way. But I mean, how has that influenced your career and in the last at least a year or two it's it's been tremendous
1: yeah it has yeah like even joey diaz you know and like so it's uh first of all it's a really nice ego boost whitney cummings has been really nice with that as well and it's um it's really flattering um and look i i try to um take praise lightly and take criticism heavily and i actually I'll correct that. I don't try to do that. That's just the, um, the nature of my brain, right? Uh, maybe this, the saboteur, uh, creative part of our brains that, that, you know, that can't, that, that don't accept the compliments. and, And, but I will say that has made me better. So I take it all with a grain of salt and I look to my next mistake and yeah it, it does help me and and lead to a lot more work and it's you know and it's it's really wonderful um but uh i i like criticism may uh, maybe a little more than praise because i think that's where we get better
0: absolutely being your harshest critic is is the smartest thing to do in any field especially some sort of high level um profession i mean you, like i think when kobe bryant says it best when he talks about you know like just the journey being the most important part because you can hear some people that are very cynical that will say, "Well, then that means you really never appreciate anything. Every time you get a W, like you just don't celebrate it that much, and every you know, you're focusing on your negatives all the time." And I think that's a cynical approach. I don't think they understand the essence of um, gathering a bunch of small wins and how good that actually feels, and and then it creates this journey that you're on. And you're not you don't really think about the end or the championship. You just think about daily wins, and you look yeah. and you know how to control the like the whole process of it. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah the the uh if you've ever read the the Tao Te Ching Tao the Tao um that's my favorite uh, my favorite page is um it says do your work and then step back that just that simple line you do your work and you step back you you keep doing the work it's not about the accomplishments it's about it's about the love of the game i've always operated from that And uh it's led me to good places. And I think that's what any artist should do is is follow follow that passion, but do it for the love of the game. If you want to get into photography, because you're like, man, I want to start photographing comics. I've had people, I've had people write to me all the time, yeah, I I think I want a new career and I want to quit my job and photograph comedy. Well, you're in for a long, long road. If if that's your your main thing can you do it sure but you you might want to be open to all kinds of other photography and other kinds of creative things um and find what that is because again i didn't plan at all on getting into this it happened very organically um there were times where i was kicking and screaming like "Uh, should i do this i don't know and i had to do this for free for a lot of years and then I had to do it for gas money for years. And then I had to do it for, oh, now I can buy a little bit better food. You know what I mean? Like I had to do, I had a lot of stages. That's the that's the the uh the formula now for anything that you want to do and do well is first you pay to do it, which is like education, school, whatever. Then you do it for free, and you get good enough, then you get paid to do it.
0: Absolutely. And I think I think the main part of what you said was too, was just being yourself is, and yourself being confident in who you are, is going to just, it's going to add a layer of attractiveness to what you're doing as well, because it's one thing to do what you just said, you know, put your dues in and all that stuff. But if you're like, I would say like a fanboy the whole time, and you're kind of bugging these guys, they're going to see right through it. And they're not really going to give it the time of day. I think the big thing that these comics respected is that you're Troy Conrad, that you're you, that you are there because you love doing what you're doing. And it makes them have a a fellow comrade. You have a friend now. You have someone who's in this race with you, who's you know down for the same cause, but also is confident who he is, and it's just a good person. I think that matters tremendously. I think if it's someone who's these these comedians, they're getting people bugging them all day about, I want this from you, I want that from you, and like if another person who's around you, who's I want this from you, I want to take pictures of me. Like you said, I want to sell them, yada yada. It it could it could really turn people off, and like the fact that you're just you, it speaks volumes that's the most important thing like yes you got to be skilled at your craft but there's got to be that final touch of just you to perform your job that just that finished it off perfectly
1: yeah there has to be that trust and there has to be that relationship and connection you can't just pop in and be like hey i want to take it'd be like asking someone to take their dick pic it's like what are you gonna do with (laughs) dick pic man like i don't even know you you want a dick pic (laughs) so So like it is kind of similar in that way. Like there has to be a trust and really, and it's comics. You know, I did stand up for so long. Um, Most of the comics that I shoot, I've known from when they were, you know, some when they were new comics, when they were, you know, openers or features. You know, it's crazy. You know, I, I met I met Bill Burr when he was a feature act, and he worked for Dave. He was opening for Dave Attell. Damn. This was in the 90s in Tempe and and his name was Billy Burr back then, you know, and <laughs> you think about that like all when I when I really I got if you want to know when I really got my start, it was in the 90s at the Tempe improv because I was not only doing stand up, but then I took a job there do, as their um, pub- publicist. So, and I had to drive the comics around. I got to know all these people, you know, I got to drive Joe Rogan around when he was doing the man show with, uh, Doug Stanhope and those days. So I, you know, had a relationship on, you know, not, not friendships really with any of these people at that time, but I knew them and they, they, you know, we had conversations and we knew each other. So, you know, that's a part of it. You, you, you can't, um, you can't just convince people to trust you, you have to show them.
0: Right. You know what's cool about your work too? I honestly, I just thought about this right now is that it's fun memories that are actually visible that you could see. You know, what I mean like you you hear comics all the time where they're like they're having a good time on the road, they are doing a thing 20 years ago, they talk about the stories, but ask them if they want to hear one of their sets, they're like no, no way. I'm not going to listen to a set I had 20 years ago. I'll kill myself. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't yeah. know, They're too harsh on themselves like for you, yeah. like, you have all your work from 20 years. You just look, those are beautiful memories. It's in pictures. It's awesome. Like, it's cool that you can go back and see all your stuff and like not cringe at it and be happy about it. I mean, you're going to always critique your work no matter what, but it's a yeah. different form, you know?
1: Yes. That's a great, I, that's well put. I, I went back one time and looked at my old, like my oldest Instagram posts. um, And I was, and I just went, I like, it. it is cringy sometimes. Like I just go, oh, you know, at that time. There was a lot of pictures of my dog to me. That's a quality, not a, a that's a, that's a subject quality and not a photographic quality. <laughs> uh, but you know, the memories are there. And and I like that I can look back and see where I was improving and see what, where I learned to master shutter speed, or I learned to master the ISO or the framing or composition or all those elements of photography um learn to get better at those you know um so it's kind of cool to go back and and look at that stuff
0: yeah that the idea of photography is that it creates memories right i remember i remember my my first memory with just photography was junior high we it was one of my elective classes and the reason i wanted to take it was not cuz i cared about pictures it was because they had a red dark room you know the developing room and that's where everyone got hand jobs so that's why i was like all right i'm in For I'm real? Class. <laughs> oh yeah everybody that was my first one it was great and that was like, everyone knew that. They're like, dude, you take photo. Those are the girls are at. You go, you go down there, you go to the back room. You say, we're developing pictures. No questions asked. And I was like, all right, I'm taking photo. And then I ended up liking the class. I had a great time. It was
1: awesome. <laughs> That's my earliest memory with photography. Dude, that is the greatest story. <laughs> that is the greatest story ever. That should be in a movie about a, a photographer who, who accidentally gets into the business by getting hand jobs in the dark room dude that's unbelievable man oh
0: shout out rancho starbuck junior high it was a great place man it was beautiful here wow. california <laughs> there it is
1: <laughs> oh man you started early on i'm still waiting for my first hand job <laughs> um so i guess that's the I guess, I guess i guess it's because it's everything's so digital now
0: right yeah we'll have to have someone else take pictures of that moment you know you'll be busy yeah. you know, that'll be nice
1: <laughs> yeah i of get a fake dark room.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, yeah, actually, you know what? You answered one of my lasting questions. I always like to ask people when, um, when the interview is coming to an end, like what advice would you give to people that are entering the sort of business that they're in, you know, and this comes to comedians, authors, whoever. But um, I think the advice you gave was perfect. Like, you know, be in, be ready for the long haul, you know, be ready for not getting paid, be ready for the worst of the worst and uh, and be yourself the whole time. And be a trustworthy person. I think that's probably the best advice anybody can give in, in almost any field, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And if you want something practical that we hadn't talked about, is you know, if you want to get into photography and and develop as a professional down the line, uh find some something that nobody is shooting. Just like I, you know, when, when I started shooting roast battle, no one was shoot even thought of shooting roast battle. No one even thought about. And no one was really shooting comedy. I mean, there was there was um, legendary Mike Carano, who is the guy. All his his work is at all, all the improvs in the country. Like when you see the you know performers on stage, yeah. Mike Carano has been a good buddy of mine forever, and you know he doesn't do photography much anymore. But you know he he's incredible. He was like the guy doing it. Dan Dion in San Francisco did portraits of comics, but. Um, and does still does, but like find something that no one is shooting and there is, I don't know what that is, you know, but, and there's always small, this is great practical advice. Um, there's always small bands that are starting out that need not just live show stuff, but learn how, learn how light, learn how to light things, learn how to work with lights, learn how to work with continuous lights. And then when you want to move up. Um, to strobes, to flash, learn how to work with that. You know, it's a uh, that that will make you a better photographer if, if you, that's your thing, going into photography. But whatever that is, whatever your art is, find something that nobody's find the pool no one's diving into yet because there are those pools. Do yeah. I know what they are? No, but you'll you'll stumble, and if you have vision, if you have your eyes open you'll recognize that and the only reason I end up shooting roast battle is because my eyes were opened. Like I was like, wow, like it was so exciting to me. So, um, if your eyes are open, you'll find that thing. And there was a, a great quote by in, in the movie, the departed, where Jack Nicholson is actually quoting John Lennon. And he goes, if you give me a tuba, I'll get you something out of it. <laughs> and what he's saying is he goes, you can give me a, instrument like a tuba i'll still i'll i'll find a way to make art out of that and i'll make you a song out of a tuba which nobody's doing and i always love that i that i wish you know what if i had tattoos that'd be there'd be a tuba somewhere on me because i love that quote
0: wow love that man that's that's great great advice i appreciate everything man thanks for coming on the show
1: dude thank you so much danny i appreciate it
0: Oh, of course! Do me a favor. Tell everyone where they can find like your work. Uh, if, you're, if you have a website, social media, all that stuff, so then go check you out.
1: Yeah, the only thing I really use is Instagram. It's just my name. It's Troy Conrad with an S at the end. Troy Conrad's
0: love it. And, and like I said, everybody, you can go on any comedian's Instagram page. It's it's most likely littered with pictures from Troy Conrad. So you're the man, man. You're the myth, you're the legend, and I appreciate you stopping on.
1: Thank you so much, Danny.
0: Of course, this has been Alternate Take. We'll see you guys later. Peace. And there you have it, everybody. Our interview with the legend Troy Conrad. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. I had such a good time, man. Um, your kind words and uh, everything we talked about, even after the show, man. I really do appreciate it, dude. You're a hell of a guy, and and uh, someone I really wanted to talk to on this podcast, dude. Like when, when I first got into this, the comedy realm was was like the main thing I wanted to tap into. I I wanted to talk to. You know, not only my favorite comedians, but everyone behind the scenes, man. Everyone that's involved. And you're the epitome of that, dude. Like, when I walked into the comedy store for the first time, and I saw all those pictures hanging up, like, the first thing I thought was, holy shit, look at all these legends. But then I thought, who took these fucking pictures, man? And you're the guy, dude. You're the guy who fucking sets everyone up for success. And you're a killer comic in your own right. And, uh, man, dude, it's just it's really cool to meet a, an essential cog in the machine, I would say. So... Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for being a friend. For all of you guys that are now Troy Conrad fans, I put all of his shit in the podcast description. Go check it out. If you're trying to be a comedian and you don't get your pictures taken by Troy Conrad, you're ignorant. Get your shit together. Um, And that's it, man. Uh, This has been Alternate Take. My name is Danny Rodriguez, and I appreciate you guys stopping in. Peace.